Okay, good evening, everybody. I want to start off this week from a text message. I received this uh, the day after last week's shir. Baruch Hashem, we're getting a lot of good feedback and insights and questions and observations, um, much of which we'll get to, Amrit Hashem, as we go forward. Uh, but this particular text, I think, really helps us get into the, uh, the topic I'd like to speak about this evening. And we'll see there's a very clear, close connection between this discussion and what we're trying to do on Yom Kippur. The text reads, Rabbi Light, I really enjoyed last night's Vod, especially how you reframed success and shared the story of the family who had moved back to America from Israel. I'm pretty sure I know what you mean when you use the word chius, translation, life. But is it possible to explain the concept a little more and maybe give a few examples? Chius, mazeh. What does it mean when we speak about part of the goal of this series is to try to get in touch with, with a greater sense of being alive? What does that mean practically, and what are some examples? If you had to guess, what is the most basic, fundamental, instinctual need that every human being has? Besides a cup of coffee in the morning, perhaps. What's that? Connection is good. Even more basic, though. Survival. Right? Survival. Rabbi Yisrael Salanta writes that we look deeply into ourselves. We have so many different taivas and, and, and desires pulling us in different directions. However, ha'ola al-kol hi taivas achayim. More than anything else is the desire to stay alive. Ha'ratzon halazeh. This yearning for life is takua ba'omek livavenu yete neman. This has been instilled in the very fabric of our being. And we would give absolutely anything and everything just to stay alive. So the greatest, most basic, instinctual, visceral human desire is Chaim, is life. We don't know how long we have, and Mirza Hashem, many, many good, happy, and healthy years. We know the date that we were born, but we don't know the date that we're going to leave this world and make that transition into the next. If someone had the proposal for three easy payments of 1995, I can guarantee you three more years on planet Earth. It's probably worth it. For three easy payments of $500,000 over the next few years, I can guarantee you seven more years on planet Earth. It's probably worth it. Do I have that kind of cash? Perhaps not. But if I did, I would probably utilize it for that purpose. So living longer is something that we'd all like to do, something that we, we think about, legends were created about 
the, uh, the fountain of youth. But there's also something called living more. Right? There's living longer and there's living more. Living longer is in the quantitative sense and living more is in the qualitative sense where theoretically it doesn't mean I'm going to be here for one more day than I would have otherwise. But however many years I have, if I'm able to live more within those years, obviously that's something I'd like to do. That's a qualitative chius. Life itself is an incredible mystery. We all know we want it. It's the greatest need that we have. If we had to define life, what would that definition be? What does it mean to be alive? My heart's beating, I'm breathing, I'm conscious. It's not easy to define it. Revolba tells a story that he was once visiting an older man who was suffering greatly, no longer able to move, could barely hear, couldn't really speak. And Revolba was asking him, how do you feel? How are you doing? And this man's response was, all of the suffering in the world is worth just being alive for one more moment. And therefore, I'm very happy. When Revolva tells over this story, he writes, the greatest, most miraculous thing in, in the entire world, Heim Chaim Atzmam, it's life itself. The greatest miracle of existence is existence, is consciousness. And that's the theme of Yom Kippur, that's the theme of really the Aserus in Mechuva. Remember us for life, inscribe us in the book of life. This is for you, Hashem, we want to live on your behalf. So much of focus is on life. But I want to delve into what does it mean to live more? Not just living longer, but to live more, to live deeper, to live in a higher plane. We know the story of Yaakov hearing that Yosef was really alive. After all these years, having his children come back and telling him, Oh, Yosef Chai. I can't even imagine what was going through the mind of Yaakov Avinu hearing those words. And his response was, I want to see my son before I die. I want to see him face to face. So the story continues that when they meet up, they embrace and Yaakov says, Now I can die after having seen ki od chachai. I see you and look at you're alive. He was told that Yosef was alive. Although it says he didn't believe the, the message, we know that deep down he understood his son was alive and well. And now he has this reunion with Yosef, and he says, Oh, now I see ki od that you're alive. Of course he's alive. He, he's standing there and he's speaking with you. 
So what exactly was Yaakov expressing when he says, Ki od chachai, I see you're still alive. So the Orachayim explains. He said, as soon as Yaakov found out that Yosef was alive, he had a, a breath of, of relief. Baruch Hashem, my son is alive. However, that didn't bring him a feeling of, of satisfaction or contentment. Because what does it mean to be alive? He's been separated from me for more than two decades. They're telling me that he's in a high position of leadership in Egypt and the source of Tuma and immorality. What, what is that life? What does it look like? And therefore he said, I want to see him. I want to see him face to face. Not just because he missed his son dearly, but on a deeper level, he wanted to get a little bit of a glimpse of what kind of life Yosef was living. Was he really alive? He sees Yosef, and the Orachim says, we know Kabbalistically, the ability of a tzaddik looking at someone's face can pretty much understand within a few moments where that person is holding spiritually and emotionally. So Yaakov saw Yosef, and he was pleasantly surprised that he was not at all taken down by living in the darkness of Mitzrayim, but to the contrary, Ki od I'm so glad to see that you're living. Meaning to say, you're not just alive, but you're living. That was the joy that Yaakov had when he saw his son. What's clear from the Orchaim is that there are two levels of Chaim, there are two distinct definitions of what it means to be alive. One is a biological reality that could be true across the spectrum from plants and animals and human beings. And one is a spiritual vitality. Being alive means I'm connected, I'm thriving, I'm, I'm elevating. That's the chiyus that we're talking about. That's what it means to be alive. That's why when the Torah says, you have a mitzvah to choose life, what does that mean I have a mitzvah to choose life? If I could choose anything, that means I'm alive and I'm conscious and I have the ability to choose. So Revolba addresses this question and he asks, Hello, there's no need to choose to live, I am alive. But clearly what we see from the Torah itself is that there's a state of reality where I'm conscious, I'm breathing, my heart's beating, Baruch Hashem. But then there's the mitzvah of, choose to live. It's a life of choice. It's a chayim shel bechira. When I'm choosing to live, that's an entirely different experience. That's what we're davening for in Rosh Hashanah. All the Sarasim made tshuva, Yom Kippur being the climax. Zachreinu l'chaim. We're not just asking, please keep us alive for another year. Please keep our families healthy. That's obviously part of what we have in mind. But explains the Peleyoets. Yechaven al chayei hanefesh. We're davening for the vitality of the neshama. Shiyechai margish beyiras ve'avas Hashem kolayamim that we're asking Hashem, please, keep me alive, that I should feel your presence, that I could be connected with you, that I could be living a life of passionate and genuine avodas Hashem. 
Zachreinu l'chaim, the whole theme of what we're asking for, is not just to keep us alive, is not just survival. We don't want to live longer, although we do, but our ikr bakasha, our main request is we want to live more. Why do I want to live more? Not just to enjoy life on a deeper level, which will happen to be true as well, but because we want to maximize our time in this world. We want to live to the fullest extent possible. Like we quoted from Henry David Thoreau in the very beginning, to suck the marrow out of life. That's what we're davening for. Zachreinu l'chaim. The question is, to address this particular text, how do we access this higher level? How do we move to make that transition from just being alive to actually living? So there's a piece in Reb Chaim Friedlander. Reb Chaim Friedlander was one of the great disciples of Reb Dessler. And Reb Chaim Friedlander took over eventually being the Mashkiach in the Panovich Yeshiva. And he gives us some direction as how do we ascend from being alive to actually living. Writes the Sif Chaim, Reb Chaim Friedlander, Mahusa Chaim Amitis Nitzulahova. What is the real essence of living? Nitzulahova, which means to utilize in totality the present experience. Shemahu Sachaimamitis, true life is when I'm able to be totally absorbed, totally in, in, ingrained, Rega in every moment of life, in every waking moment. Letafgido Bahova, asking myself consciously, what am I doing right now? What's my goal? What's my mission in this moment? So sometimes we have to think on a broader level, what am I trying to achieve out of life? Or like the, the assignment we gave last time, writing a paragraph of the person I'd like to be, something that's within reach. But sometimes thinking too broad can be distracting. Sometimes the way to actually live, explains Reb Chaim Friedlander, is to be totally intoxicated within the present moment. Nothing else exists. It's just me and you. It's the conversation I'm having with my spouse. I have no other responsibilities. I have no other worries. I have no emails to return. Nothing else exists in the world, just me and you. He calls this Chai Bahargasha, living with feeling. Not just intellectual clarity of what I'm doing or why I'm doing it, but Chai Bahargasha, I'm feeling the moment, and there's nothing else I'd rather be doing, even if theoretically I was to choose my day. So right now, I'd rather not be sitting in the waiting room. I'd rather not be trying to break up a fight with the children. I would much prefer them playing pleasantly together, singing songs and doing puzzles, and then dancing into the kitchen and saying, Tati, can we skip together? <laughs> That's what I'd rather be doing. 
But given the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created this situation right here and now, this is the circumstance, I ask myself, Right now, what does Hashem ask from you? Well, I have so many things I need to be doing. That's true. But right now, what are you supposed to be doing? Sometimes the answer is, just focus on the bracha. I spaced that on the first 17. Okay, right? What are you supposed to be doing right now? Right now, I should really be focused on this bracha. But you might continue to space out. Maybe. <laughs> but what am I doing right now? Right now, I'm eating lunch. Okay, but I have so many different responsibilities. That's true. But you also have to eat. So explain to Chaim Friedlander. Usually, we, we speak in terms of the value of time. Why is time valuable? Because there's so much we can do through the utilization of time. But that just means time can be productive. There's something much deeper, which is the sanctity of time. It's the Kedushas Hazman. The sanctity of time means in every single moment I find myself in, where I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be alive and conscious and I'm asking myself, What does Hashem want from me right now? And I could be totally zoned in on this relationship, on this conversation, on this peach that I'm enjoying, whatever it is. That's living. That's chiyus. If you could imagine the, the scenario... You're lying on your deathbed, wonderful, long life, great accomplishments, thriving in all areas of Avodas Hashem and raising a family and children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And then you have that moment where the neshama leaves the goof, right? the soul ascends from the body, and it begins to make that transition from the finite into the infinite. And as you're leaving, looking down at the body that was left behind, seeing from a distance the family gathered around the bed, a malach comes down, meeting you somewhere in the middle, and you're already hearing the, the songs and the dancing of all of the malachim, the kedusha, the shira, and the Malach says, you know what? You actually are a lucky customer one million, right? You have the opportunity, if you'd like, to go back down to any time in life for 20 minutes just to, to have that, that experience again. Am I losing anything by this? Any strings attached? Not at all. We'll wait for you, all right? 20 minutes, though. Go back down to any point in life and just to be there for 20 minutes. What do you say? What would you say? Yeah, yeah why not? Right, nothing to lose. Okay, so you go back down to whatever point in time it may have been. Right, you climb into your head when you were a, a seven-year-old boy or you get back into the reality when you were... Uh, a 30-something-year-old woman. 
and there you are, and you know you only have 20 minutes. It happens to be you chose the wrong time, because right now things are crazy, and the kids are yelling, or I just went through a really, really difficult conversation with a good friend of mine, and you're trying to call the malach back, can I get a different 20 minutes? <laughs> 20 minutes that were given to you. So what do you do in those 20 minutes? I'd venture to say that no matter how difficult they may be, there would be such a feeling of, of connection, of, of vibrancy, of radiance, of, of trying to juice every second of those 20 minutes, no matter how difficult they may have been, I want to fully get this and appreciate it and, and do what I possibly can to, to solve the issue or to be machazik you, to encourage you, to, to help you feel a little bit less anxious, whatever it may be. I, I want to maximize those 20 minutes because that's all I have. So it's somewhat of a whimsical example, but the truth is that's really every moment of life. If you think about it, right, using the, the koach hadimyo and using our imagination, it's, it's very true. This will never happen again. We will never be in this room together. Hopefully you'll keep on coming back and we'll continue learning Torah. But this experience right now will never happen again. And what I just said is over forever. Right? It's recorded, but it's over forever. I, I once saw, I have the diagram here on page four, something that I found very powerful. The diagram shows there are three points in life. Time of birth, right now, and moment of death. Does anything else exist? No. When did I come into this world? Well, I was born on this particular day, on this date. When will I leave this world? We don't know. But those two times are set. What's in between? Nothing except for this moment. Whatever happened in the past, it, it's not real right now. Whatever will happen in the future is also not real. You have a question, Eliza? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's nothing in between time of death, time of birth, and right now, and moment of death, and right now exists. But time of birth and moment of death don't exist either. The time of birth and the moment of death. Right, they're, they're relevant. I, I would say that this is a subjective timeline, right? For each individual, when do I start, when do I end, and where am I now? And that's it. Now, it doesn't mean I, I don't feel bad for poor decisions I've made. It doesn't mean I'm not trying to rectify and, and, and uh, uplift myself in different relationships. But it just brings to light the only thing that's real is this second. And if I'm able to therefore totally dive into this moment, almost with a, with a meditative approach that there's nothing else that exists in the world, that explains Rav Chaim Friedlander. That is the, the, the secret to going from being alive to living. The, the Chafetz Chaim used to say that whenever I'm involved with a chesed, I'm, I'm helping you out, I should have in mind that the only two people in the world are me and you, and nothing else exists. And when I'm learning something, 
Right? So often people who are eager to learn more and, and to amass wisdom, it could be overwhelming. And, 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 and the she'ifa, the ambition, could be a distraction. Explains the Chafetz Chaim. When you're learning, there's nothing else that exists in the entire world. All of those books on the shelf are not here. The only thing that's real is me and this line of Gemara I'm trying to understand. These are the tools given to us by Gedoli Yisrael, by the Sifse Chaim, by the Chafetz Chaim. How do we transition from being alive to living? I want to share with you an interesting parenting meditation. Right, just to address the question in the text, you know, if possible, to give some examples. So here's one example. So often when it comes to dealing with children, we find ourselves trying to, to make them do something. It's always for their benefit, usually or hopefully, right? But it's, it's me as the, the father or the mother trying to, to guide, to make sure that now you're in pajamas, now that you're brushing your teeth, now you're getting out of bed. And rarely do we allow ourselves just to be there with a child, seeing them, hearing them, trying to understand them, being amazed by the, 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 the miraculous nature of this human being that has come from me, just being there with them. That happens to be, from an educational standpoint, that's so crucial that children, students should feel that it's not just I have an agenda where it's constantly me pushing you in different places, but it's, it's me wanting to relate to you, wanting to understand you, wanting to hear you, wanting to see you. That's a practical application of living, of chius. I want to share with you a poem. I found this years ago. I'm not sure who the author is. This is also in regards to parenting, but I think the, uh, the same idea can be and should be applied to every area of life, every area of avodas Hashem. But uh, quite poignant in regards to children. He says, from the moment you hold your baby in your arms, you will never be the same. You might long for the person you were before when you have freedom and time and nothing in particular to worry about. Right? Oftentimes you speak to people who choose not to have children and the reason given is it just, it's way too much of a hassle. This, the, the responsibility of being confined and contained, you know, we, we have so much we want to do. Most of the items on my bucket list will not be attended to if I have children. You will know tiredness like you've never known it before, and days will run into days that are exactly the same, full of feeding and burping, napping, changes and crying, whining and fighting, naps or lack of naps. It might seem like a never-ending cycle. But don't forget, there's a last time for everything. There will come a time when you will feed your baby for the very last time. They will fall asleep on you after a long day, and it will be the last time you ever hold your sleeping child. One day you will carry them on your hip and then set them down and never pick them up in that same way again. You will scrub their hair in the bath one night, and from that point on, they want to take a bath alone. They will hold your hand as they cross the street, 
then never reach for it again. They will creep into your room at midnight for cuddles, and it will be the last night you ever wake up to this. One afternoon, you will sing the wheels on the bus and do all the actions. Then never sing them that song again. They will kiss you goodbye at the school gate the next day. They will ask to walk to the gate alone. And that's probably one of the most, oh, that's a rough moment in a parent's life where the kids become a little bit embarrassed, right? That's what I, I told my other kids. We had brachas bas mitzvah a while back. I said, my main goal during this celebration is just not to embarrass her, right? Just keep me in check. If you see anything, Avram, let me know. Let me know. But there's always a last time. You will read a final bedtime story and wipe your last dirty face. They will run to you with arms raised for the very last time. The thing is, you won't even know when it's the last time until there are no more times. And even then, it will take you a while to realize. So while you are living in these times, remember, there are only so many of them. And when they are gone, you will yearn for them just one more day of them for one last time. The opportunities that we now have, no matter where we find ourselves in life, the fact that Amir Shem, we're going to have the schos to be together, davening Yom Kippur and Shul. Right? Speak to people who can't get to Shul on Yom Kippur. Speak to so many people that can no longer observe Yom Kippur the way they used to. And they would give anything just to be able to go to Shul. And whoever the, you know... They don't care about all the nuances as much. Can't believe you let that guy up to Davin, right? <laughs> Just bring me back. Just the opportunity to be engaged in the Vodas Hashem in any way, shape, or form, to be able to stand up during a Shemona Esrei and, and pour out our, our, our Neshama to Hashem. These are all priceless moments. And Amrit Hashem will have many, many more of them in the future, but we're never going to have this one. The Rabbeinu Yonah says, this is the idea in the Mishnah, If you don't do it now, then when are you going to do it? What do you mean? Maybe I could do it tomorrow or the next day. And the answer is, hopefully you'll be able to do so the next day. But the one thing you can't make up tomorrow is today. Right? The one thing you can't make up tomorrow is today. <clears throat> So I think as we approach Yom Kippur, one practical exercise to take with us, just being able, utilizing the tefillah as a form of real hisbodedus, real meditation, and even saying those four inserts in the davening or other references to Chaim, Zachreinu l'chaim, to have in mind not just that we want to live and be healthy in Ritz Hashem, but we want to make that transition from being alive and conscious like other forms of life and elevate ourselves to real chiyus, to really living, feeling that connection, being absorbed and, and connected to the moment, elevating my avodas Hashem to a whole different level, making this relationship with my friend, my sister, my spouse, my child, my parent, that much more meaningful because there's nothing else that ever exists in the world besides what's happening right now. It makes life so much easier when all I have to focus on is right now. What does Hashem want from me?
I spoke to somebody who lost, I think, 125 pounds. I was asking, how did you do that? Right, just the willpower, the, the gavura it takes to lose that kind of weight. And uh, he shared with me some interesting insights, but one thing he mentioned was, I, I was able to get my mind into this meditative state where whenever I had a real craving, I was able to feel, you know what? This is rough. But right now I could do it. How am I going to keep on doing it? <laughs> I'll, I'll deal with that then. That could be five minutes from now. But right now, Va'ata Yisrael, I could hold myself back. I could choose a healthier option. That's true in every area of life. And therefore, the exercise that I'm suggesting we could have in mind through the davening, Zachreinu Lachayim, that we could daven to Hashem. We need Siyata Deshmaya. We know this does not come naturally, it is not automatic but we want you to help us, to guide us, to lead us towards real chiyas, to be alive, to be totally awake and connected. Because we know this is what you want. Not just to enjoy life more, which will come, but because we want to serve you on a deeper level. We should be zocha for a chasima, gemar chasima tova, l'chaim tovim u'l'shalom. Have a wonderful evening.